How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Welcome to Locked On Chiefs for November 18th, Red Friday. Chiefs have a great game coming up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and there are plenty of shows to help you get there. We have Matt Williamson over on the Locked On NFL and Vinny Iyer over on the Locked On Fantasy Shows. Check those out. We have a show for every team, including the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Chris, there's a lot of things going on here before the Bucs come to town and a couple of guys that weren't at practice. Yeah, there's a bunch of people that didn't practice, which is a little disturbing, but at the same time, uh, they're playing at home, and I think they'll be all right. The thing that stands out most to me is that Jeremy Macklin was not available once again. He did not practice and that doesn't bode well if he can't make it through both a practice as well as the Friday walkthrough. It's unlikely that we're going to see him on Sunday. Yeah, and it's not too surprising. Uh, they said that his groin injury could keep him out a couple games. So I'd rather him sit out this week and be back ready for the Denver game. An interesting case was that Justin Houston was a full participant on Wednesday. Thursday, he was limited, but the team did go inside. They were practicing on the turf, and that might have played some factor in whether he was able to go or they were more cautious. Well, I think you just keyed on it right there. I think it's a turf thing. I think they're just trying to be careful with him and not push him back. There's no reason for him to go full on turf when that's not what they're going to be playing on on Sunday. There's just no reason for them to really push him, take a chance on him snagging his toe in the turf or something like that. You want to take it easy with Justin Houston because you want him available on Sunday. Now, the big news of the day is that Jamal Charles ended up having this last Monday, the day after the Panthers game, another procedure on his left knee. ACL was on the right. His first meniscus repair was on the right. On Monday, he had another procedure, a scope that happened on his left knee. Indeterminate, rumored that they repaired the, the meniscus again, a little trim. But if not, there might have been some floating bodies in that knee joint that they just needed to clear out. And the recovery time is not supposed to be changed. So I have a feeling that that trim was very minimal, if anything did happen at all. Because they expect to have him back basically on the same timeline that they had prior. Yeah, that's a that's a very big benefit. Uh, I think that it really doesn't change anything for Jamal Charles. Uh, if he's going to be, if they were thinking that he could come back this year, I think this is what makes it happen. And it makes sense that they didn't do it at the time, and they probably knew they were going to do it at the time. Um, and my guess, they're they figured that you know they were he was having swelling in both knees, so get both of them taken care of. If he's going to be able to come back, if it's just a scope and it doesn't change the timeline, then that's what you do less last, and he'll be back in. You know, six, seven weeks like he could be. I think he stays on track for that timeline, and I really like the concept of Jamal Charles being available to supplement Spencer Ware come the playoff run. 
I'm not talking about a 50-50 share. I'm really talking about a third down roll or a mix-up roll where he gets maybe a third of the snaps. Well, yeah, and I mean, if they, you know, the whole thing is, is if they can get into the playoffs and get a bye, uh, you know, he can not play the last game of the season and have a bye and be off for another week and be ready to go for the playoffs. And you can't tell me that adding Jamal Charles fully healthy and having a fully healthy Justin Houston uh, will not be a benefit to them in the playoffs. Because I still think it's going to take a couple weeks for Houston to get acclimated. Yeah, jumping right into it right off the bat is not something that you're going to want to do with a guy back there. I wouldn't expect a big output this weekend. When he is back on the field, I would not expect him to take, say, 30 snaps. He'll ease into it. No, I'd expect it to be more like maybe 5 to 10. Let's head over and check in with Greg Amon, the Locked On Bucks podcast host, as well as the beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. All right. We would need to welcome to the show the host of the Locked On Bucks. His name is Greg Almond, and you can read him at TampaBay.com. Thank you for joining us, Greg. Oh, no problem. Glad to be on. So this matchup between the Chiefs and the Bucks is looking, uh, eh, you don't want to call it, but it's looking like it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for the Bucks. Is that, is that how they're taking this particular uh, pregame look? Yeah, I mean, I think they're certainly respectful of Kansas City, what they've been able to do, uh, especially there at Arrowhead. Uh, you know, I think especially with a nod toward uh, turnover margins being something they do well and, and something uh, Bucks have done well just to get back to being even in turnover margins this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a respect on Tampa's end. Uh, of the challenge they have ahead this weekend. I, I know on the Chiefs, and they're very cognizant of it being a trap game or letting their guard down and uh, and taking the Bucks too lightly. So I know from the coaching staffs that are familiar with each other, it's been an interesting week to hear some of the comments. How is, especially Andy Reid's comments, going over in Tampa? Oh, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think people know that Dirk and Andy have known each other for a long time. Um, going back to, literally going back to San Francisco State in 1985, uh, you know, we're talking to the coach that had them in UTEP and Missouri as young assistants, and, and Dirk actually uh, recommended Andy for the job uh, at UTEP. Uh, so neat that way. Uh, you know, I think they know each other well. Their families have known each other for a long time. Uh, but again, it's, it's you know two similar aged coaches, both of them very sharp offensively. Uh, you know, and it's really the first chance that, that Dirk had to to go up against Andy as, as kind of an equal as a fellow head coach. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the matchup to see what they can do. Now, on the field, things are changing a little bit for the Bucks' offense. Uh, running game looks to get bolstered this week, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, getting Doug Martin back last week was a big boost. I don't know that he necessarily had the production he wanted, but, you know, first game back after being out for eight weeks, uh, just kind of a, a knock-the-rust-off type game. They should get uh, one, if not two, of their injured offensive linemen back for Sunday, and that'll help a lot. Uh, they kind of made do Sunday with two guys that had never played a snap in the NFL. Um, 
their left guard, Kevin Pample, still in the concussion protocol, but uh, but has practiced in full the last two days and would certainly be on pace to get cleared. Uh, and then their starting center, Joe Hawley, uh, could be back. He's got a knee, but uh, could be back as well. Well, that's got to help them overall, both in the run game as well as the pass. And when it comes to Jameis Winston and what he's looking to do, really his, his primary target's going to be Mike Evans, right? And they're going to try to run that offense through him. Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans, you know, the most targeted player in the NFL, uh, you know, tied for the NFL lead in touchdowns. Uh, I think they certainly have a respect for Kansas City's secondary. Uh, you know, 13 interceptions lead the NFL. You know, Marcus Peters has five. Uh, so, I mean, I think they're aware of the challenges of going up against this defense, not only the pressure up front, but, but just the ball hawks they have all over that defense to create turnovers. That's kind of why they've won. I mean, you look at Kansas City, uh, statistically, they're not a great offense or defense. I think in the bottom half in total offense, total yards, even in the bottom half in, in scoring offense. But again, if you can you can be plus 14 in turnovers, uh, that's going to go a long way to, to making things hard. And, and I do think they are a good team that consistently winning the close games. I mean, they've had a lot of these games they're winning this year are, are tight one-score games that they just pull out. Yeah, and they're relying on that defense, which they've only given up 15 point, I think, two points per game since the uh, break there in week four. So I think they're relying a little heavily on that. And the Carolina Panthers did something interesting and really relied on their big body receivers to run a lot of routes that allowed them to use their bodies to shield from those DBs. It, Mike Evans has that natural ability. Do you think that they try to run this a similar kind of thing? Are they taking any cues from what the Panthers did last week? I mean, they could. Uh, you know, for size, they don't have the size they used to have at receiver. I mean, it used to be that Mike Evans is 6'5", Vincent Jackson is 6'5", Austin Sperry Jenkins is 6'5". You know, now that, you know, obviously Mike Evans has good size and will be a mismatch still. Uh, but not as many big bodies to throw to. I mean, their tight end Cam Brate, uh a little bit smaller, more of a 6'4", you know, six, kind of 6'3", kind of guy. Uh, but he's had touchdowns in three straight games. Uh, he's tied for the NFL lead among touchdowns, or for touchdowns among tight ends. Uh, so they're certainly trying to attack his defense. They just have to be careful in how they do it. Now, when we flip around and look at the other side, that pass rush seems to be coming on a little bit. How's Noah Spence working out? Well, especially late. Uh, you know, had a kind of a quiet start, had a shoulder injury uh, a couple weeks into his NFL career. Uh, but he's got four sacks now. Uh, I think Leonard Floyd uh, is the only guy in the NFL among the rookies that has more sacks right now. He has two sack fumbles, got another one uh, this past week. So no, I think he stepped in. I think they're more comfortable with him uh, in rundowns. I mean, early on, it seemed like they were only really using him in a nickel-type role in a passing-type situation. But I think they're getting more comfortable with him developing into a, a first-down, second-down pass rusher as well. Now, looking at the struggles that the Chiefs offense have had, if you were going to, to counsel them on how to go about developing their game plan against this Bucks defense, where would you start? Um, I mean, third downs will be a big part of things. I mean, you know, the Bucks have been generally done all right uh, trying to stop the best running backs they've had against them, um, forcing other teams to throw against them. Um, just depends on what defense you get. I mean, if you get the one that played the Bears on Sunday, uh, it'll be problematic. I mean, they had four turnovers against Chicago, four takeaways, I should say, in the first half. But, I mean, the defense that, that Oakland saw and Atlanta saw, you know, very different results. I mean, they gave up more than 1,000 yards. 73 points over a two-game span, uh, you know, just didn't get the pressure at the line of scrimmage and then allowed veteran quarterbacks to, to kind of pick them apart. Um, I don't think Jay Cutler really had the time to do that on Sunday, but Alex Smith has been around a long time. He's very careful with the football. 
Uh, I don't know that the personnel that, that Kansas City has, maybe beyond Kelsey, is, is going to be a, a real threat downfield. But, uh, you know, Alex Smith doesn't make mistakes. Uh, they can just keep the short game and, and, and you know, move things down, nickel and diamond down the field. They can still have a lot of damage against the yeah, and they've they've tried to show a little bit more consistency in trying to take at least a few stabs downfield. Uh, they've got a burner in Tariq Hill, who I think is probably a mismatch in terms of his flat-out speed, but a little raw in his route running. So is the secondary somebody that they're going to have to play back and, and stay in a two-safety look most of the time? Or do you think they're going to man up a little bit more? No, I can see them bring the safety up. Uh, they'll want to stop the run. I mean, it's... It, It'll be interesting to see how 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 much they attack the line of scrimmage and, and get support against the run. Uh, they're definitely very aware of Tyreek Hill, especially on special teams. Um, they're one of the better punt coverage teams in the NFL. I think their opponents are third lowest in the NFL in punt returns. They're top five in net punting. So they've done a really good job of, of neutralizing opposing, opposing returners. Uh, but I don't know that they've faced one that's had the same success that, that Tyreek Hill's had in this first season for them. And one guy that I've read and listened to seems uh, fairly confident, fairly fired up is Daryl McCoy. Does he represent, is he really the heartbeat of that defense? And do you think his attitude going into this game is going to drive the rest of that unit? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the, uh, you know, the the emotional leader on the defense. Uh, Very vocal. You know, he's been around. This is his seventh season. Um, You know, has been the Pro Bowl. You know, hasn't had success winning as a team. And that's what he's trying to get this year. So, you know, Gerald's going to be very respectful of Kansas City. Uh, I think he played a preseason game at Arrowhead, he was saying the other day. So he's been there, knows how loud it can be, and that was, you know, in August for a preseason game. So I think they know uh, how well they have to do early to not let the crowd be a big part of things because I think you can get uh, much harder very quickly if they don't get off to a good start on Sunday. Yeah, in that house, it's a difficult place to play. Let me get down to the bottom line. If you had to predict this game, where do you see it going? Yeah, you know, I just, just submitted picks for the paper for our, our weekly picks panel. And, and right now, it feels like a game that uh, the Bucks can play in, but I still tend to think Kansas City is going to pull out. Uh, I don't know if it'll be that high-scoring a game, but I think something like uh, like the Chiefs in 24-20. But again, when, when you're picking that close, uh, nothing would really surprise me too much. One play, one way or the other, really take care of it. Well, well, sir, yeah. thank you for your time. We really appreciate it, folks. Go down, check out all of Greg's work. You can find him on Twitter as well at Greg Allman. That's A-U-M-A-N. And we really appreciate you being on. Check out the Locked on Bucks podcast, too. Hey, thanks again for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Great talk with Greg talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty, Chris. What do you see happening? What's your prediction for this game? I'd say Chiefs 28, Tampa Actually, let's go Chiefs 31, Tampa 17. I, I don't think this should be much of a game. I think Kansas City knows that this is a game that they have to win. Uh, Kansas City is a much better team than Tampa Bay. You know, honestly, that's going to ch- that's subject to change if people stay out. But I think they're just being more cautious with several of their players, other than uh, you know the obvious ones like uh, Macklin. I'm pretty sure Peters will play. I'm pretty sure Poe will play. Uh, you know, I think all those guys are going to be healthy enough to go on Sunday. It's just going to be a matter of there's no reason for them to practice right now. They know the defense. They know the game plan. They'll be okay. But the nice thing is there, it sounds like they're getting D.J. White back, so that should really help them in the secondary as well. 
Yeah, DJ yeah, will provide some added depth way. that is you know, very, really very welcome at this point in the season. Now, what I'm looking for Smith is really for them to concentrate and bring back the run, support Alex Smith, and let him get off of that kind of fuzzy performance he had last week. Still coming back from the quote-unquote uh, non-concussion injury. I see it as a game where it's going to be 14-20 Chiefs. Well, there you have it, folks. Those are our predictions for the game this Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Be sure to go check out all the other podcasts on the Locked On Chiefs Network. Be sure to go check out Greg Allman on Locked On Bucks and enjoy the game on Sunday. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy that game, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.